0: Hi there. Hi. How are you? <laughs> Wait it's again. So strange. It says the recording just started, so I cannot figure out what is making this thing record or not record. That's hey. funny because on my computer it's not. Yeah, on the computer it says it's been recording for 14 minutes, so I'm not sure that the phone cue part <laughs> and the computer part are talking to each other. I think you should
1: contact TalkShoo and tell them that you can help them with their system.
0: Yeah, I'm too tired. (laughs) Technology is not my, it's all too vague for me. It's not tangible enough for me. So I've worked with a tech company before and, I, you know, I appreciate the suggestion, but I don't think I want to. <laughs> makes me tired of thinking don't... about it. <laughs> <laughs> so they have to understand all the details of their platform.
1: Then <laughs> oh. you'll be like, oh, you? that's why this always happens. Fix
0: it. Fix mm. it now. Mm. Yeah, it's the interdependency between things. I understand, you know, that part I can, I mean, just from knowing what I know about systems is that, you know, there's an interdependency between something that they're not talking well to each other. So, uh, So, yeah, I'll figure out, I'll look at the recording later and see if the recording started when you got on the line or if it started when I got on the line. So... I waited for a little while. I waited for like maybe, you know, I said I basically said good morning, and then I just kind of did a did a chore for a few minutes while I was waiting. So it was probably like I don't know, six minutes of dead air in the recording, um, which is fine. I just figured I'd wait a little while, and then I'd just go through the chapters like I was talking to you guys, <laughs> so it would be on the recording. But <laughs> that's, that's what I did last week too. So. I just figured if this is a regular conference call, whether somebody showed up or not, I'd still be doing it and then send out the recording for people to listen to later. So I'm just treating it the same way. So how are you? What do you you think about chapters 19 and
1: 20?
0: Oh, well, I have to say, um, you know, I, I dug them. Personally, I dug them. How about you?
1: But like, wow, this guy just got, like, super, uh, and I've read this before. Like, I don't remember certain parts. But he's just, like, I love how hard he harps on the whole evolution thing. <laughs> it's just, like, I just think it's funny. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it's like in the Science of Getting Rich, he touches on it, right? But we're... Right. that people, you know, the people that, that basically we're struggling with or stuff in ourselves is just undeveloped. And so, you know, which is basically this a view of evolution. That's how I read this whole thing. You know, we must remember that this is not a bad world, but a good world in the process of becoming. You know, and that when we started out, we were brutal barbarians. <laughs> and we're trying
1: to outgrow that. We come a long way, baby.
0: Yeah. Well, I think that's his point. You know, we're we're developing, and we get less brutal and more spiritual as time goes on. You know, but that's basically the what I the whole chapter. That's basically what I got out of it. You know, there wasn't a ton of things that I underlined. You know. Yeah. Me neither. We see that the world which appears to us to be evil is only undeveloped, and that the undeveloped is perfectly good in its own stage and place. Because all things are necessary to man's complete unfoldment, all things in human life are the work of God. Okay, well, there it is. And And see, (laughs) that's basically, that was like basically my whole, I, that, that I had almost nothing underlined in this chapter because it was mostly conceptual. You know, it's just mostly that concept of, you know, we're trying to learn how to become something. And then the serving God one, you know, that being about duty to ourselves versus duty to other. I'm interested what you thought about this chapter. <laughs> I underlined shit right here, because for myself, yeah. there are friends yeah, who perhaps true. must be alienated. There are relatives who misunderstand and who feel that they are in some way being slighted. A <laughs> really great man is often considered selfish by a large circle of people who are connected with him and who feel that he might bestow upon them more benefits than he does. Well, the friends being alienated thing and the relatives feeling slighted. Uh, definitely been, have have had that experience and continue to have that experience myself. So that was not, I, I just was, it was edifying to read it in print from however long ago, 19, oh, whatever, this book was originally published. How about you, what did you think of this chapter?
1: I liked it, I was like, yep. Talk to me about relationships. Um, you know what it reminded me of? We watched a movie. I think it was The Fountainhead. Have you seen that? Anne Rand. What was the name of it? Um, I think it's called The
0: Fountainhead. Old. Nope. No, I haven't seen it. Yeah, that's an that's an old. I thought that was. Yeah, I think that's an old book too. I mean, I think it might have been yeah. a book. Yeah. Anne
1: Rand. Um, and she was very like all about um the virtue of selfishness and the individual over the collective. And as I'm talking about, I'm laughing because it was just another thing that the universe was trying to help me get to the whole narcissist thing about. But, like, it was too far for me, you know? Like, Ryan was like, yeah, the individual. And I'm like, yeah, except you have to live with other people. Like... Let's be honest about this. Yes, it's great to, like, put yourself, but you also have to exist with others. Like, you can't just, you know, one without the other. So I, that this whole conversation kind of brought me back to that way of thinking that, of course, if you're actually being forced to choose, you know, it's better to choose becoming who you're here to become um but also understand that there is there are like in in the case of that book or that movie um you know they they didn't get access to like real love you know what i mean like kind of it's kind of hard to experience love when both people are completely self-serving at all costs right
0: yeah so, and how I read this it is not that there's they're being selfish to be self serving they're they are um, they're rearranging things in order to better serve God by finding their own full expression, and so yeah, when I read this book I read, i think you're exactly right if it's just being selfish for selfish sake, you know like. How is that good? But if it's about making decisions so that we can actually, you know, move, expand ourselves in the right way to serve God, kind of how I look at it, like, you know, for me, coming from the circles that I come from, you know, I don't think that we have to be, you know, I don't think that serving God means that I stay with, like, in my case, I didn't, I don't think it meant that I stayed with an abusive alcoholic.
1: You know, I don't have to
0: subjugate myself like the way that I can find the greatest expression was to be free of the oppression of that dynamic with Bob. And so, you know, selfishly, I had to save myself. Mm -hmm. I had to save myself so that I could find fuller expression and not be constantly exhausted and criticized and you know, being left to pick up the pieces of somebody else so that I actually didn't have the energy to find fuller expression of who I am as a person. And so, yeah, I think it's a totally a balance. So I agree with you. I mean, just being selfish for selfish sake is not, I don't think that's the end game. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
1: I don't think that's... And, And, like, it's kind of that whole picture thinking, right? Instead of getting caught in the either or game to me is like it, it kind of it, like that way of talking about it makes me feel a little bit too much like the competition conversation comes up where it's my good or your good instead of the bigger picture, which is, I think, where Wallace comes from anyways, of what is in my highest good is actually the highest good of everyone else. Like, that there is sort of a harmonizing point of us all choosing our best.
0: Um, hmm
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Bob is definitely much happier without me. <laughs> I feel like it was in his highest good to not have me too. <laughs> Yeah, I genuinely feel that way. It definitely wasn't his highest good to not be married to me any longer. So, because it made him, you know, it made him crazy being married to me, you know, with with me, you know, needing some kind of order and, you know, <laughs> some kind of, like, stability, you know, and that's not, you know, that's not necessarily his jam, and that's okay. It's that's. If it worked for him, it worked for him. But, yeah, I feel like I freed both of us. So, <laughs> you know, I think I was just the braver one to do it. Because he definitely, I mean, he definitely thought I was fighting him and being selfish and, you know, all of the things that I talked to, you know, and hear about how other people perceive it. He definitely felt that way. But neither one of us were happy, you know. Mm-hmm. Neither one of us were. And so, yeah, I mean, I feel like it, you know, kind of gives the opportunity for everybody to, you know, seek their expression in some other way because it wasn't, it wasn't being found inside the context of that, you know, and. So, yeah, I think that's a really good point, you know, for the greatest, you know, the greatest good for all.
1: Yeah, I think that's an assumption that he makes here that I yeah. kind of forgot about while I was reading it.
0: Yeah because he talks about that so much everywhere in his writings about it being you know that it's you know us like on the very last yeah you know, like I said the world needs demonstration more than it needs teaching um,
1: Sweet well, Lord, you know, did that make you get up and dance?
0: Oh, so beautiful. <clears throat> that line made me so happy. And it's something I came to even with the deming stuff. Even with the deming stuff. I'm like, you know what? No. Nah, I, I just wanna I just wanna create deming businesses. You know, I just I don't want to beat my head against the wall of consulting with people to try and get them to do deming if they don't want to do deming. Because even people who say they wanna do deming They don't really want to do it. It's necessary to have the results of it. And so I just, I don't, you know, I'd I'd just rather be a part of businesses that are doing it and demonstrate its capability. And then people can come see what we're doing. And even when they come and see it, they won't understand it. They won't believe it. They won't know how to do it. But, you know, I I just would rather demonstrate its capability than try and get other people to do it. So I read that and I was like, ooh, that's the decision I made about six months ago with the Deming stuff. Mm -hmm. Like, I'll still, you know, I'll talk about it if people want to talk about it. I'll share with people about it, but what I'm really interested in is, you know, diving into businesses that are using it. And you know, and I like the 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 very last paragraph too. In, um, when it talks about, I am frequently written to by people who wish to make something of themselves and to move out into the world, but who are hampered by home ties having others more or less dependent upon them, whom they fear would suffer if left alone. That this was a bold statement. In general, I advise such people to move out fearlessly and to make the most of themselves. If there is a loss at home, it will only be temporary and apparent, for in a little while, if you follow the leading of spirit, you will be able to take better care of your dependents than you have ever done before. I think that summarizes it, you know, to to take the action, but understand we're taking action that's being led by spirit, not just I'm doing this because I feel like doing it for myself, that we're being led by spirit to do it. And when we move out from that place, you know ultimately, it should take us to the point of being able to do better by the people in our lives and serve them better you know, when I read that I thought, hmm, that's pretty bold. I mean, that was a gutsy that's a gutsy statement to make. I'm not sure I'd make it. <laughs> but Wallace <laughs> never ceases to surprise me. Every once in a while he puts something in in this in one of his books and I'm like, Did he just say that? <laughs> so, <laughs> I kinda felt like that with this one. I was like, Wow, all right.
1: Well
0: So, yeah, I mean, that's really all I had in these two chapters. Again, it was, to me, they were just more conceptual than anything else, so, I mean, pretty strong concepts, but... Me, too.
1: Have anything else on them? Mm -mm. No, those are my. Those are the things I underlined.
0: How's everything else
1: going? Okay. Um. Yeah. And uh. Have a. You know, like the ears are turning mode. You know. So I'm up early working on content, mm-hmm. developing. It's like that creation mode. You um, know, mm-hmm. got some uh, people are reaching out to me for help with the um, next program. I'm going to work on those proposals. i got to work on that landing page. Kathy and I are going to record a video today about the multiplier program mm-hmm. um, where we're gonna combine our people you're gonna what help them with the, to, to help people move the message forward. She her background mm-hmm. is in marketing and PR and um, and I can help them build containers that make sense for them. Um, you know, programs and revenue models and stuff. So Yeah. And then um, all the stuff that they need for marketing and pitching, their message, one sheets and, you know, all the stuff that no one wants to do. So we're we're going to lay that group, kind of overlay them on top of the other people that I'll be working with in 2018. Mm -hmm. Um, So that'll be good for everyone, you know. People who are just starting the journey will see other people in the next phase. And, um, yeah, it's kind of a cool idea. And it looks, you know, it's one of those things where it'll be like all the other programs, right, that she and I do, which are totally immersive and partnered. Like, you know, we're going to teach you in the first 30 minutes of this class what needs to go into this piece of content and then the last 90 minutes you're going to develop this and send it to us at the end. You know, shitty rough draft style so we can just get this stuff out there moving. Nice. And then they'll have the story work as well. You know, visibility stories <laughs> and, and relationship stories as Wallace would say today. People be acting crazy all of a sudden. So... <laughs> Ready? Okay. I'm getting my message out and then everyone just started asking that. So they'll have I don't that know what happened? So that's kind of exciting that stuff. And then um, I can't decide. I kind of feel you know, I got that job at Whole Foods and their training schedule had been kind of wonky. Like they were gonna do it tomorrow, so I had it booked for tomorrow. And then I told them I'm going to Southern California, you know, I'm traveling for a week. So that was part of our initial conversation. They're like, that's fine. Um, so then they canceled tomorrow. And then I was like, okay, well, I'll have to come in on the 14th when I get back. And when I said that, I was like, I felt all kinds of relief because I can get the chunk of my stuff done before then. You know what I mean? Like, all the details on the website, get this program stuff together. It kind of created a nice deadline for me to get yeah. all that creative stuff out of the way. And then they called yesterday and they're like, we're just getting to be rescheduled for tomorrow. I'm like, oh, okay. I'll see if I can make it work. I'm, I probably could, but I don't think I want to. I think I want to start when I get back. Um, anyway. So there's that, and there's, you know, Ryan taking his quick time getting the next job. So there's a conversation happening there. He wanted to do some, take some time to do some fasting and get his body back to a good spot. Um, I'm just watching him. Resist and resist and resist and, you know, I understand, but oh Lord long are we gonna do this? Like this is the you know, this is my dad's story all over again. You no, know, I just don't feel well enough. Well, too fucking bad. I don't really feel well every day either, but you don't see me, you know, lying down stuck in my phone. Oh. <laughs> it's just, it's my dad it's my dad's story all over again. So I'm just like, okay, I'm gonna have to end this here. that's coming down the pike yay mm-hmm. what kind of work say again Actually, I went to Whole Foods because he, he sparked on Whole Foods and he talked to a few people who worked there and they were like oh my god we fucking love this company like it's easy when you move to get a job in the next place like These people walk their talk, you know, it's not perfect, but they're so good to the, you know, like, great culture, which you can see even on their website. Like, the personality of their culture comes through, you know. So, um, anyway, they've just done a lot of work, it looks like. And so, anyways, that's where he wants to end up, actually. And they just, um, Amazon just, said that they're bumping everyone's pay to $15 now, minimum wage, so it's a good spot for him to get started, but, you know, he's in the, like, what do I do with my life, and like, you do what you need to do right now, and you figure that shit out later, that's what you do,
0: (laughs) you know? Yep, you get a job, and then that gives you actually structures to then start working on what are you gonna do with your life.
1: Yeah.
0: It's a funny thing. And then, I mean, the uh, the guy that I talked
1: to there, uh, the manager, he's like, Amanda, I've been store management, like retail store management, for 20. I think he said 27 years, and he's like, I will never work for another company again. Like this company is so profoundly amazing, I just would never go back to any of the dysfunction anywhere else. And I was nice. like, whoa, <laughs> that's kind of a big deal, right? <laughs> that's huge. So, And both of the people, when I asked them what they like about Whole Foods, they were like, well, you know, they're constantly asking you to step outside your box, and they they ask you to do a lot of, you know, thinking and growth, and there's it's easy to move up, and so, you know, like, he could be there for a while and actually enjoy it, because I think more than the work, like, the people are more important to him, the culture is more important to him than the work, because he doesn't have that, like, this is my skill, you know, like, this is what I want to do. It's more like, I just want to be around good people and make money. (laughs) Like, I don't want to deal with, you know, donors who can't follow a conversation anymore. Like, I'm over that. Like, they're sweet and stuff, but, you know, they can't take care of a schedule to save their lives. So, um, anyway, I think I think it might actually be a good long-term match if he would actually just get his ass over there and do it.
0: Yeah. What kind of stuff are you gonna be doing there? At Whole Foods? Yeah. Um, I'll be doing regular checkout stuff.
1: Oh you get yourself. to visit with a lot of people. I get to exactly. And Cheryl, honestly, like I really think this is about I mean, it's about doing you know, it's about taking care of me at the end of the day, right? but i think it's also this whole conversation about impact that i've been having this next layer of it is yeah. like i really i really have some deep matrix stuff built about where i can create change like where my most powerful self can show up and i kind of think that this might be an opportunity for me to end that mm you know, really, like, not just have it in my head that who I am is creating change, is being light, no matter where I'm at, but, like, actually have the daily experience. Because the only place that I get that feedback right now is my business and my son, right? Like, who I am creates impact. Like, I really want there to be other stuff. It's like, it's almost like putting all the pressure for that on my business and this particular bit of work instead of, you know, this is just who I am. Like, I'm, I'm going to go to Whole Foods and, you know, I'm probably – I have the I have that sign in my forehead that says, tell me your story. Like, that sign doesn't go away because I'm you – know? <laughs> you know, so, yep, I have a feeling that there's something there. And then um, I'll – Forward you. I think I have it, or you can pull it up on on. Um, tax. there's uh, Jonathan did this. Spark types. Did I tell you about this? Badass. Mm-mm. Um. He's releasing a new body of work called Spark Types, and basically, it's like what motivates you to do what you do, right? Um. And he, I swear, when I was listening to the podcast, I was like, oh, my God, this guy's in my fucking head all the time. <laughs> but um, he's he like, you know, people get attached to the, the current expression of what they're doing. And so when you ask them, you know, what makes you happy? Well, I help refugees, blah, 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 right? Like, Okay, but what if you lose your capacity to do that somehow, or the market fails, or the right? Then what? Then who are you? Then what makes you happy? And it's kind of like you know, of course that is that makes sense, right? But um, he so he he figured out these um, he's been doing research and he figured out these like he calls them 10 spark types. So it's the archetypes of what drives us and what makes us, like our essence. So for him, he's a maker. So he's always making stuff, you know, either like with his hands or content stuff. And then he had the stage, the advisor, the organizer, the essentialist, I think he called it. And so, um, wait, it was just rad. It was such a cool podcast to hear him talking. Of like, you can do this anywhere. Like he used the example of a um, a physician. You know, you don't have to go change. You don't have to blow up your life. Like he's got all these people who come to him and are like, "I'm not happy being a blah 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 because I can't do this. So I'm gonna go blow up my life, ruin my family security." Right, and go do this yeah. other super risky thing. And he's like, "But what if you could like be a maker, or be a you know, like he used a scientist, a problem solver. Like if you're a doctor, you can be that. You know, like maybe maybe you need to focus on diagnosis. Like maybe there's something around diagnosis that would be your jam. That would that would you know itch that thing in you that needs to be doing that all the time. Like Figure out how to be and do more of that where you're at, instead of constantly putting yourself in situations that are harming you. <laughs> because you want to go do something that makes you happy. Like, you know, it seems so simple and stupid, but it's like <laughs> it's like one of those Matrix moments, right? Where you're just like, oh my god, that is such a trap, but so yes. many of us fall into.
0: Yep.
1: And it's all the Not things, true. you know, who kind of, do the thing that you're meant to do? Like, what is that thing? Is there only one thing? Like, I'm so tired of listening to my little sister, I don't know what the one thing is. There is no one thing. You're gonna get into that thing, you're gonna totally play it, and then you're gonna be like, okay, I'm ready for the next. It's called life. It's always evolving. <laughs> that
0: doesn't change. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Anyway, and we do I think we do have a thing I just don't think it has to be deployed in only one specific way or you know my thing is sparking you know sparking ignition that that's my thing like and my dad used to teach me about that at Jeff hot all the time he said you're like this little spark plug, and you just go around and spark shit to start happening and I was like well somebody's got to do that shit's gotta happen and a lot of people aren't initiators they will get busy as soon as somebody lights a spark right you know like as soon as the sparkler is lit they're happy to go dance around with it but they're not going to be self-actualized enough to start the spark and so that's just you know and so if you know for me like that's my my personal ethos is to be sparking people to get going on something you know, so he would call that he would call
1: that the warrior in his in his words, because the warrior is the one that leads and organizes.
0: Yeah, that makes total sense. <laughs> I'm doing the warrior program. in mine. I wonder how that could possibly be a fit. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, God.
0: Yeah, that's but you're funny. also
1: you're also an advisor so so he has like a primary archetype and then a shadow archetype and the shadow is kind of like oftentimes the way you do something so for me my because he did a he created an inventory so we all took it and um my first archetype is um the advisor who likes to be in intimate settings and support and be very hands on and then right underneath that, my shadow is the essentialist, which is the person who likes to extract order from chaos. Like, doesn't that make sense? <laughs> yeah. How do I advise? That's how I advise. I'm, I'm like, well, look over here. Look at this story. Look at this sacred code. What is this telling you? <laughs> your shit
0: together no <laughs> you
1: know right there's that too there's those cats. right there's now those I'm, cats. I'm watching my sister spin out on me right now as you're uh, like as you as we're talking she's texting me about how she's still trying like just kidding I thought I was gonna leave but I'm not okay so you know these things don't change, but I totally understand. <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, Lord.
0: Poor yep. or leaving is a very personal decision, that is for sure. Yep. Oh, well, next week is our last week for this, Elia, What are we going to do? Um, so here's what I am thinking. Um, I would like to do a reboot of our group. And a we got reboot? the holidays and stuff. Say again?
1: You said a reboot?
0: Yeah, some kind of a reboot. Um, so... And we've got the holidays coming up, so I think I would like to take a break. I would like to just have a little, personally, myself, I would like to kind of take a break and get, like, super uh, meditative about next steps with our little, little band of what do I want to call us? Band of, what are we? We're a band of something. Sisters. Um, <laughs> yes, our little band of sisters. And, you know, I know that, you know, Ellen's still not feeling well. And okay. I know, I know. Um, so I'm thinking just kind of like, break through the holidays and then get and then kinda do a reboot after in the in the new year when we get into twenty nineteen. And we can figure out, you know, between now and then what we want it to look like. I do want to change for me I would like to change the time of day. This this time of day for me is a little bit it's not as I'm going to try and figure out something that works for you guys that also doesn't chop right kind of in the center of my my day as well. So and I don't want it to yeah. chop in the center yeah. of y'all's day either. So I don't know, just try and figure something out. Like um, to do that, and I'm also doing a, I've been, somebody, a friend of mine said, hey, I want to do that SOGR book because he and I did it a while back. And so he contacted me and said he wanted to start doing that book again as well. So, um, so I know he wants to, you know, he's we're stepping through that. And we just meet, like, for a short period of time once a week and talk about it just so that he has somebody to bounce the book off of because I think I'm the only other person he knows that, to, that reads it. So, um, so I've been doing that with him. To in an you know one evening a week so um, anyway so that's what I was thinking is just kind of put on hold the study of stuff through the holiday season because I think everybody's you now I, I don't know when Ellen is gonna actually feel up to joining us again so I don't, and I don't know what your schedule looks like over the holidays I know I have some travel stuff coming up um, and then I'm trying to remember last year what how it got for us around the holidays, and I just honestly I can't remember. Yeah. It's okay.
1: I think it's a good idea. I mean, my schedule, like I don't even know what my schedule is going to be right now. Yeah.
0: You know? I thought about that too yeah. with, you know, you taking this new job and stuff that you have going on. So I just feel very intuitively guided to just say, okay, let's just, you know, like give it some air to breathe. And then, you know, see what kind of reboot surfaces after the holiday season in the new year. And, you know, kind of where we're at with, you know, what what book we want to do. Ellen had suggested a book. I got a copy of the book. It's not a Wallace book. Um, so and it's really, it's very long. I mean, it would be like a six-month all in that one book. And that. I, I personally am not. I'm not prepared to sign up for leading a six month of a book I'm not familiar with. I think it's probably a great book because I read something else by the same author. But I just I realized that I was having inner resistance to being the one that takes the lead on that particular book. And so yeah. I just had to like kind of be honest with myself about yeah, and I I actually don't feel moved to do that particular book. So it doesn't mean I wouldn't attend. Um, that book study, if somebody else was doing it, but I'm, I'm not feeling moved to lead that particular book because it would be quite a quite a task, and I don't know the book well enough to just dive into it. So, um, anyway, so that's what I was thinking. I wanted to kind of get you know thoughts from you. I'll I'll talk to Ellen. I'll try and see if I can get in touch with her when she's feeling a bit better and chat with her about it. But <clears throat> that you know we could still have you know calls in between you know touching base with each other and keeping track of each other you know if we wanted to have the three of us you know the three musketeers have you know calls on and off throughout the holiday season i'm totally open to that too so but just in terms of kind of like doing this structured meeting every week like with everything that everybody's got going on that it might be good to just pause mm mm-hmm. cool. Good to me All righty. Well, we have like one more chapter and the summary next week, so um and i you know i'm in a i am ai mean I got a, a message from Ellen last night that she wasn't feeling she wasn't so wasn't feeling well, so um, my heart just goes out to her. It's not fun. No. Whatever it is she's struggling with is just really not fun.
1: You know, there's a um thank you for that information about Joy. Already it really helps uh, a few of my friends with hormone stuff. And she's a medical intuitive. So people, like people at Loma Linda contact her when they can't figure stuff out. <laughs> you know. Oh
0: yeah. You
1: can go in and be like, oh, well, it's, you know, this abscess here that you can't see because of. Sure. I don't know.
0: Yeah, I mean, my heart goes out to her, so, you know. I mean, anything that can help. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, I am going to try and get ready. I got to get out of here. Got to do some work at noon. And I have a meeting at 1:30, and then I think I have another one at 4. We didn't hear back from the guy. The Guy is doing a podcast program. It's a pilot program where he's basically teaching, stepping people through. Launching their own podcast, the way to do it and that kind of stuff. And he's doing a beta program. And it, I got connected mm-hmm. to him through somebody else I know in the car world. And he's looking for like half a dozen people to take through his beta program, help them get a podcast launched. So it's like, oh, sounds interesting. I'm interested yeah. in a podcast, but wouldn't mind, you know, learning about it from, you know, just getting uh, some feedback from somebody else who has a structure around it just to see how they do it. You know, I'm sure I'll immediately edit it and do it differently, but <laughs> <laughs> having met myself. <laughs> having, met. <laughs> but, you know, it's always good to have a leaping off point. So, I don't know, we'll see if I hear back from the guy, so. Yeah, so. So when do you leave for California?
1: Um, A week from tomorrow. It should be interesting. Are you going to it one of Nikki's?
0: Sorry? Yeah, well I found out more about that yesterday. I thought it was a Nikki thing,
1: but it's not. Uh, the Center for Neurodiversity, which she's the
0: director of.
1: But there's someone kind of else, someone else at the in the lead, let's say. So I got the abstract yesterday for the work that they're doing and realized that um, they're doing a lot of story and mythology work. Nikki keeps asking me to do some of the stuff that I do with my clients. I'm like, hmm, (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Uh, She wants me to help them build a new narrative about being Mm -hmm. in the helping profession. I think I'm gonna do, you know, the exercise that I do at the beginning of my matrix retreat, like the drawing, the art stuff, the defining moments, and then yeah. have them, when they're sharing, um, like have them stop and then have them go choose one of the moments and tell that story differently. As if there was a different narrative going on that they couldn't see before. Mm-hmm. And um, at the beginning, I'm going to have them, like, really get into a day in the life, what their normal everyday looks like. And then at the end, I'm going to have them write a new day in the life, mm. in two and a half hours. But I think it'll work, and it won't give away my, the super secret sauce that I'm doing with the story stuff, which would be too messy with this other person who's involved in doing mythology story work.
0: Yeah. A little too co mingled Hmm. Little projects, projects, girl. You're a busy little bee. Yeah. I know.
1: I'm just, I'm just committed to continue moving and, you know, following where the wind leads. Cause I don't know what the hell this is all supposed to look like. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I hear yeah, we that. Yeah, we were meeting all weekend with, you know, like our cousin Larry, who's the one that created this alternative housing thing. And, I mean, it's, it's a really slick idea. I mean, I saw some of the concept stuff he had this weekend. And I thought, man, this is like brilliant. Um, The way it can all kind of be put together and, frankly, the way that it can be made, because we're talking about being able to make houses per day. Not, not, you know, how many days per house, but how many houses can we kick out per day? And so, you know, we kind of have a thought in our mind of what we think that might ultimately be able to, we will be able to get to. So... We think we you know, conceptually we're thinking six a day. Not in the beginning, but you know, to get all the processes refined so that we can do six a day, but it's because it's this it's this alternative material and it's the way that the house gets put together and that you know, that includes like stove and kitchen cabinets and I mean bare bones interior, but the interior and the you know wiring for electrical in the walls and the plumbing in the walls and everything. like all that stuff's already in there but it's all being able to be done inside of the warehouse or a you know production facility so climate control and all that stuff and so then it just gets to the facility and you know gets you know gets to the housing development or whatever and gets put placed on the foundation there and then plugs up the wiring and all of that. I think, it, I think they're saying it'll take a week to get from delivery to everything being fully functioning. So I mean that can really revolutionize how housing is done. And it's intended for people for, you know, low cost low cost housing to overcome everything that's problematic right now, like with mobile homes and stuff like that. But they there's all these configurations that we can do that they look decidedly <clears throat> not like a prefab house because of the way it's being made and the way the structures can be <clears throat> put together. So that's a pretty, it's pretty cool formatting. And I looked at it and I thought, dude, I just want to build a big shop like this. Like I want to take all this material and just like put together as a really kick ass shop, um, like be a beautiful thing. So um, so we were talking about that over the weekend. and. Um, you know and so my cousins they're, they're working with the funding people right now so probably within the next this is beginning of close to the beginning of november probably within the next 90 days <clears throat> they may know sooner but within the next 90 days there should be you know funding we should have kind of like the date of when the funding was going to come through. If these investors that, that they were talking to are going to work it out, we should have a, have a date within the next 60 to 90 days of when the funding is going to come through. And then there's talk about them actually giving a bridge loan in between now and then to for us to start setting up the, the production facility and getting people hired and getting some of those details ironed out. So <laughs> my cousin looked at me and he goes, so you ready to move to Florida? I was like, oh, for fuck's sake. (laughs) I just got to North Carolina. No. (laughs) Uh, I was like, yeah, you know, I'm not going to be down there permanently. So, you know, it's uh, being able to be down there and help out and get the first facility going and up and running. And then, you know, once we get that dealt with, then it's just me going to other locations and continuing to do that. So it's just being able to I'll just be roving around opening up production facilities is what he's asking me to do. And then, you know, get them up, lead them to being able to be self-led, and then go open the next one, but still, you know, continue to support the first one. So it'll expand over time. And he's like, how are we going to duplicate you? And I I have two ideas. One is somebody from inside the organization will always rise to be the person to be relied upon. Um, It happens every time without fail, so it's not to worry. Um, and second, I mean, I know some people. So I know people who would like to do this, who would be good at it. Um, and frankly, I'd like to bring Allie on board because she's been wanting to be a part of a Deming initiative start to finish. And I think this would be a good one for her to do. So you know, if, the, if the pay is right, then I'll defer some of my pay to her. Um, so the company doesn't have to hire her. I'll just hire her as my like business manager and then she can help me with the racing stuff but she can also help me with the housing stuff and then she can learn about how to do deming someplace and then she can go off once she learns it then she can go off and build her own kingdom so but it give her a chance to at least learn it and get far enough into the learning and transformation of it that she really knows how to deploy it in her own little kingdom so i want to get her to that point So she's interested in. I want to do the same thing for Jack, but it's just going to take a little bit of time. Jack needs to have stability where they are for a while. So I I don't want to disrupt that. (laughs) So, uh, you know, I want to do that as another phase. How's Jack doing? Jack's good. Jack went to work for their dad. I don't know if I told you that Jack was doing that. No. Yeah. So, you know, their dad still has the medical device company that he and I were partners in. So um, he is not involved in the day-to-day of it at all. Somebody else is. A guy that I know that I used to work with, his name is Brian. So Brian runs the day-to-day, which is really better for Jack because then she doesn't, you know she doesn't have to have that kind of relationship with reporting to her dad as her boss and everything that that would bring along and he's really disconnected from the day-to-day of stuff so um you know so it's good for her to have a boss that she turns to that's not her dad and yeah. um, so she started out working on the production floor you know basically like putting product together for them to stare to go into sterilization um And so she's been, she's been doing that and she doesn't like that part of it. She is looking forward to getting into more kind of the sales and marketing, you know, but as I said to her, you know, this is good for you to earn your stripes and see how hard it is to do that, the job that people in production do, because then if anybody's ever giving them a hard time, your ability to be able to explain what is happening out there, your ability to defend the people out on the shop floor and have compassion and understanding for what they're doing out there will be way different after having you done it for, you know, she's cause she got there at the beginning of September. So she's been working in production for a couple of months besides which if she just came in and got plopped down at a desk, right in sales, it would have made it so much harder for her because people already, people already have opinions about the boss's kids now coming in and getting a job. So that already exists. And I've talked to her about that. I'm like, look, you know, you just, you, you can't do anything about that other than, um, do everything that you can to not behave like, like Boss's kid. And do everything that you can to not show up um, conducting yourself like you're entitled or um, conducting yourself as if you are above people. Because the minute you that air enters into things, um, it, it just makes things harder for you. And she's like, well, people just don't socialize with me all that much. You know, and when she was saying it, we weren't talking about her being the boss's kid. She was just saying, you know, it's kind of a weird thing that people at the office like they don't socialize with me much. People don't talk to me that much. They don't, they don't seem to want to, you know, be social with me. And she said, I'm not sure why. And I said, sweetheart, like, may or might, you know, this may or may not be true, but my best guess, having been in this position myself, and been the boss's wife or the boss's daughter-in-law or the boss's daughter or whatever, is, um, you know, nepotism is a real thing. And the way people view it is a real thing. And nobody wants their boss to know about their personal life. Even if he's not there all the time, he still holds the keys to the castle. And, you know, and right, wrong, or indifferent, you know, Bob's not really still doing the Deming stuff. It's still, you know, he still makes his decisions emotion-based and all that. And as I said to Jack, I said, look, the other thing is remember, like, you didn't really have to, you didn't have to apply and interview and go through all the rounds and meet the people and do all that stuff. You know, your dad wanted you to work there, he, and he offered you a job. And he asked you to go in there and start working. And everybody else that's there, that's not how they got their job. So all of those things are at play, and I'm not saying you're doing anything wrong, you just have to be aware that all of those things are at play and they're never gonna not be at play. All you can do is do the best you can to be a worker among workers and go in every day and do your best in your job and work hard. And a lot of people, if you do that, you will win them over from just being you, being who you are, and going in and doing your job to the best of your ability. And the people that don't want to like you, it, it honestly, it's not going to matter what you do. There are some people that just aren't going to like it because you're the boss's kid. I've been there, done that. So there's nothing you can do about those people. But most people, if you just go in and keep being you, you know, they will come around and you'll have a good time. They'll have a good time with you because of who you are, you're... You know, you're fun to be around, you're smart, you're you're willing to work hard, and you learn things fast, and there's all kinds of contributions you're going to be able to make to that place. And over time, all of that stuff will show itself, and you'll win people over. And in the meantime, you know, it just is what it is. And, you know, the best I can give you is try not to take it personal. And she's like, yeah, I knew there'd be some boss's kid stuff. And she said, you know, now that you're saying that, you know, I guess I really wasn't thinking about it that much because dad's not there. I said, yeah, that, that part doesn't matter. Whether he's in the building or not, it doesn't matter. You're still his kid. And so as far as they know, everything they say and do gets communicated back to your dad. They don't know that you don't do that. People used to always assume I would do that with my father, and I almost never did it with him, you know, unless it was something that actually was going to jeopardize life or limb of the business. I never told my father about the bullshit that happened between me and other people it was between me and them so you know so she's she's learning those lessons but I think her having stable employment for a while you know regular eight to five job where she has a place she has to show up and she has a regular income and she'll eventually have like medical benefits and stuff like that like she hasn't had that in years and I think it'll be good for her yeah so so, but you know she (laughs) she immediately made a decision of You know, she had to rent a place to live down there, so rather than renting a place she could afford all on her own, she rented a nice, bigger place um, Mm -hmm. because she was going to get a roommate. And now she can't find a roommate. So she's already got herself financially upside down. By deciding to hire up, to, by deciding to move into a place that was bigger and more expensive than what she could actually afford on her salary. I mean, she can afford it, but then she can't, she can hardly afford to feed herself or pretty much right. pay the rest of her bills, you know? And so, um, you know, so now she's in panic mode because it's been, well, her girlfriend was in town. And so, the, you know, part of it is, they weren't really promoting getting a roommate because Jack was busy and distracted, you know, with the girlfriend being in town. And so now she's now she's up against it because the new month is coming and rent's going to be due and she just doesn't have a roommate. So, you know, she's, she's just she's working her way through stuff. And God knows I make similar decisions like that. So I totally understand it. I'd love her. I know where she got it. I mean, you know, I've met myself, so <laughs> you know, like, oh, this poor kid. So, but it, you know, in the greater scheme of things, she's well. Uh, they're, I mean, they're well, and those have to, you know, work on the roommate thing. So, mm. well, my merch is on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so. Well, is there anything I can do to support you this week? What you got going on? Um, I don't think so. <laughs> uh,
1: I don't think so. How about you? Uh,
0: no, I think I'm pretty good for the moment. If anything comes up, I'll. I will let you know. I will say I'm working on trying to revise a signature talk, and so um, let me see if I can engage you in some kind of way, just to give me, you know, give me, some yeah, me know. feedback on that. Just you know, great, horrible, whatever. If you have to do, you know, if it's if it's more than just a you know a five minute glance, then. Obviously, I'm going to pay you for your time and expertise, So, but I may just have you, like, put a set of eyeballs on it, because I'm in my head and I know what I'm trying to say. That yeah. <laughs> just not mean it's going to come out. <laughs> you know, so, I understand work. that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I I know what I'm trying to say, but that doesn't mean I can say it. So so I want to get something, I want to start doing some talks about... Um, you know, the project that I've been involved in where we're doing good for other people and, you know, and it turns out to be a good thing for the people involved. So i want to try and do, do, doing well by doing good or something like that. So, hey. yeah. So more to be revealed. I'll get back to you on it, but I'm saying it out loud so I can push myself to keep working on it because I've been working on it, but I just want to, you know, say it out loud so I can keep pushing myself on it. Will. There you go. Now I've said it.
1: Well, there you have it. Let me know when you're ready.
0: Okay. okay. Thanks, sweetie. You're welcome. All right. Well, have a good day. Oh my What's gosh, there? you too. <laughs> you too. I'll talk to you soon. Going deaf. I can't. I didn't hear what you said. I said that's okay. I'll talk to you soon. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll talk to you later. We're over here talking to ourselves. <laughs> i like, I oh can't. Okay, Fuck all today. I can't. My phone's going to get fixed and it's supposed to be a new speaker is coming in because my the volume is terrible on my phone now. So I can't hear. I can't hardly hear anybody anymore. So. All right, sweetie. I'll talk to you soon. <laughs> okay. okay. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>